Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Kenny Harper. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and fulfillment. Get ready to amplify. Hey there, Amplifiers. You know, one of the most constant things that we have is change. And if you're not really tuned in right now to AI, you might want to be because it's going to impact you in one way or another. And our guest today is really an expert when it comes to um, looking at the changes that are coming around due to AI. Uh, Roland Rust is a distinguished university professor. Um, in the founder and executive director of the Center for Excellence in Service at Robert H. Smith School of Business University in Maryland. He's an award-winning writer and researcher and has edited several major journals and consulted with businesses like American Airlines, AT&T, DuPont, FedEx, Lockheed Martin, and more. Um, it's, it's really an amazing. And he's also the co-author of this wonderful book, you may see in my background, The Feeling Economy, How Artificial Intelligence is Creating the Era of Empathy. And today that's kind of going to be the heart of our discussion. So without further ado, welcome to Growth Amplifiers, Roland Rust. Well, thanks very much, Kenny. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here and really you know, exhilarated to hear this topic. Um, AI, we kind of heard about it for a while. We knew it was coming around the corner, but... The impact it's it's going to play not just on maybe process jobs, but thinking jobs as well is having everyone needing to step back and, and think about things differently. So um, could you tune us in to kind of how your, your story of how you got where you're at now and started getting into this topic? Sure. Well, um, I've been working for many years on the impact of technology on service. And uh, my uh, co-author uh, and wife, actually, Minghui Huang, uh, is uh, a, an information management professor. And so, um, you know, her interests uh, combine very nicely with mine in that she can come at it more from the tech side and I can come at it more from the marketing and service side. And uh, we uh, meet at a place where we can figure out what the technology is going to do to how we manage. And, and it's, it's going to have a tremendous impact on that. In fact, it's going to have a tremendous impact on all of society. And in fact, this impact has already started and it's already measurable. Oof. So with, with the book being a, a new book, um, I guess what, in, what inspired you really to, to kind of move this idea forward, you and your, you and your wife, your partner? Well, it, it was clear that artificial intelligence is just a very, very important uh, advance in technology. And there have been a lot of important advances in AI in recent years, especially related to things like deep learning, uh, neural nets, machine learning in general. So uh, that has uh, started to really let AI start to make inroads about thinking tasks. Mm. You know, uh, if we if we go back in time, you know, we, we go back to the let's say 1900, you know, when you started to have the, the start of automation taking over a lot of the uh, kind of 
physical tasks, you know, the uh, factories and mining and that sort of stuff. Well, you know, that change made it very difficult for a lot of people because there were miners and there were farmers and there were factory workers that were, that were basically pushed out by AI. And uh, we're still suffering from that today. There are a lot of places around the United States, for example, where there are a lot of people in those kinds of industries that are still in trouble. Well, now we're seeing a shift that's even more uh, troublesome than that one because now we're seeing AI take over a lot of the thinking tasks in business. And uh, the result is uh, a lot of the people that have assumed that they are just in fine shape because they have STEM skills and they're really good thinkers, they may find that they have competition. And when they have competition, they need to move to things that are a differential advantage over AI. So for humans, that's typically feeling. It's feeling, empathy, interpersonal skills. These are things that are much more difficult for AI to do. And, and there, therefore, uh, humans need to move into that. And that, that makes a lot of sense. So my background as a marketing advisor slash you know, growth coach, just thinking of how that might impact me, well, the knowledge and the information, if someone could basically say, this is my situation, an AI might pretty easily be able to give some information of here's some things based on your situation, what you should do. Yeah, How that, that's right. And we see a lot of that already. Uh, you know, things like CRM systems are already mm -hmm. doing that. Uh, you know, that's what big data is all about. You know, all these companies are talking about their big data. Well, what's the big data? Big data is customer data. And so uh, AI is going through and figuring out how to make the best possible use of that data. And that's, uh, that's where the uh, inroads of AI are really happening right now. And so the, you know, get that being a component, but then when you think about, you know, the relationship, the, the empathy, the, the feelings behind it, you know, sometimes people will say one thing, but if for the properly trained person to, they can get a better sense of what's kind of going on behind the scenes. Yeah, context. Con context. Yeah. Um, you, you can get that sixth sense when you're connecting with somebody. They're like, yes, this is a great idea. I'm full. <laughs> I'm fully good with it. But um, see, if I were an AI chatbot, I probably wouldn't have picked up on all that right now. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I could totally see that it's it's really needing to develop some different skills. Um, so yes, guide us further into this journey. What are some other things that we need to be, uh, considering? Well, one of the big things that's happening uh, relates to gender. Hmm. You know, if, if you think about the old physical economy, you know, the miners and the farm workers and the factory workers, they were almost all men because men are stronger on average, bigger. So they were able to do those tasks better than women. Then when we had the thinking economy come in, which is basically what we're still mostly in right now today, mm -hmm. when we had the thinking economy come in, then uh, women uh, made a lot of ground up because they're just as good basically at thinking as men are. You know, there are certain technical uh, places where men can do a little bit better than women, like men are 
on average, better chess players than women. You know, things that are very spatial tend to be an advantage for men. But on average, I mean, uh, women are just about as, as good at thinking in most respects as, as men are. And certainly, certainly my co-author and wife, Ming Hui, would, would not concede anything on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but what's happening now is, uh, you know, when, when AI starts to take over more of these thinking tasks, then, then we are in a, a, a different situation. And, uh, and the, with the feeling economy, which is coming up, which is already in progress, uh, you know, it's already starting to happen. Uh, women are going to have the advantage, you know, because women are the ones that on average, just like men on average are better chess players, women on average are more empathetic. And when empathy becomes the big thing, that means an advantage for women. So what we yeah. anticipate is that women are going to be the leaders in the, in the feeling economy. I could, I could totally see that. And I, I tell a lot of people that I connect with, you know, that's, I think one of the things that I look as a, as a virtue, just from how I've been raised is um, I say, I'm very empathetic, but I say, I got to make sure I say the M really loud. So people just don't hear the pathetic part. <laughs> make, yeah. I'm yeah. M pathetic. <laughs> right? Good. Yeah. So, so that's, that's really um, probably encouraging for, you know, women to, to know that and to, to really see the value in that. Oh, yeah. um, but then men can be empathetic too. And you just pointed that out. I mean, that's a, a lot of your strengths, I think, is, is your empathy. So, uh, so that is uh, something that men can do. In fact, I had a, a, a friend uh, when, when I, I told him about this, uh, this theory and, and he was saying, well, wait a minute, but men can have feelings too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course it's true. You know, the, the intragender differences swamp the intergender differences. In other words, uh, men have a lot of variation of empathy within men. And, and so, for example, Joe Biden, very empathetic man. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas uh, uh, if you take a look at uh, Megan Rapino, you know, the soccer star, uh, she's really good at spatial skills. So, I mean, these things are, uh, you, you can't, you can't say all men don't have feeling skills and all women don't have spatial skills. That simply isn't true. Uh, there's a lot of variation within gender, but on average, on average, women are better off in the feeling economy. And typically what that means is that the very best people at empathy are going to be women. Now, as far as like, maybe you have this for the business leaders, this is definitely changing, but what about for consumers um, as, as far as their experience? And oh, their yeah, cons consumers are, are, uh, are changing too. Uh, you know, if you think about uh, the typical smartphone that somebody has, I mean, that's a, an AI device. You know, uh, nobody has to know uh, multiplication tables anymore. Uh, you know, for example, when, when I, when I want to know some fact, it's always, hey, Alexa, you know, what's thus and so, you know, tell me, tell me what the, uh, what, what the uh, weather's going to be tomorrow in San Francisco, you know, and Alexa will be able to tell me, uh, you know, that's, that's AI. And in that case, it's a, it's a non-embodied AI. You know, we tend to think of AI as being like anthropomorphic robots, but a lot of AI isn't. A lot of AI is basically just stuff that's connected to the network and the network that we're really talking about typically is the internet.
Hmm. And so then you've got, it's, it's really holistically changing the world. It's happening already. And what are, what are some things that people who are tuning in should be thinking about um, changing and, and what, you know, I've got a copy of your book, which if you, if you haven't picked a, um, a copy up, this is definitely worth checking out. Um, so maybe, actually maybe getting a little bit of focus on what can people expect from, from the feeling economy? Yeah, um, thank you for asking that. Uh, yeah, I think one thing that we were definitely trying to do is to write something that normal, intelligent people could read. In other words, you don't have to be an AI specialist to uh, read this book. And I, I wrote in the dedication that uh, I wanted to write this such that my 91-year-old mother, who's at, uh, 92 now, <laughs> oh, wow. she just, just had a birthday, but um, my 92-year-old mother can read. In fact, she's reading it right now. She's, uh, she's doing it uh, in audio form. She's having somebody read it to her, but she's not, uh, her eyesight is not that good, but she's able to follow it. And so, you know, that's that's something that uh, that we definitely wanted was something readable that uh, that normal people could read uh, that could get them kind of up to speed as to what's really going on here. Because what's going on here is something that uh, is not widely recognized yet. You know, this the idea that uh, we're needing to move into uh, the feeling economy and be much more feeling uh, oriented. That's not really noticed too much. Mm. I mean, you, you've had uh, some books, for example, about uh, emotional intelligence. And, uh, and those those are fine. Those are those are great. I mean, we're, we're all for that. We think that uh, everything is moving in that direction. But those books don't understand the big picture of why this is happening. And that's what our book does. It shows why it's happening. And uh, the the bottom line is basically everybody needs to figure out how to make their job more feeling oriented. You know, they, they need to, they need to make that uh, consistent with the, the coming feeling economy. I and, think that's very insightful and, and helpful. And you were saying, yeah, well, uh, another thing that, uh, that the book really recognizes is that, um, you know, we're not always competing with AI. You know, everybody thinks, oh, AI is going to take our jobs. Well, and of course, that's true. AI does take jobs. But, uh, but basically, most people are going to be collaborating with AI. They're going to be teaming up with AI. And, you know, you were talking about the consumer, you know, with the smartphone uh, in their pocket. Well, those people are already collaborating with AI. And um, so, for example, uh, a doctor. Uh, might want to use AI to do medical diagnoses. And in fact, their, their IBM Watson has uh, systems that are supposed to do that. And what we've found is that uh, the customers, in this case, the patients, those doctors, they're a little bit uncomfortable having AI tell them what their diagnosis is. And so uh, the way this works better is to have the doctor be a go-between. In mm. other words, hey, you know, here's what the AI is saying. And uh, I looked at these things and it looks right to me. I think this is what's really going on. You really need to pay attention to this. And here's, here's the plan I have for solving your issue. You know, that, uh, in other words, a little bit more handholding involved. So the doctor becomes more of an interpersonal person, less of a technical person. 
I, I could see definitely how that plays in. Just like mentioning it a moment ago, there's there's people that I, I might interact with and they may know what they need to do, but they're not getting the result that they want. And usually that's because they have a gap. And sometimes it's, it's not the knowledge that they need the help with. It's what's kind of underneath the surface. And so being able to have some empathetic skills, some emotional intelligence and planning ahead uh, can really help ensure that your, your business or uh, profession, you know, you have a plan to, to succeed in it. Cause if you're not thinking ahead and you're not adapting to where things are going, then you could find yourself running into a brick wall. Yeah. And I think uh, the people who are going to run into the biggest brick wall are the biggest geeks. Mm. Uh, and you know, I, I'm originally a mathematics major that I, I did mathematics in college. And so I, I'm as geeky as they come basically. <laughs> um, but you know, you have to realize that that's not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done. You know, people are going to have to figure out how to break out the in, the personal, interpersonal parts, the empathetic parts, the emotional parts, because those are what we're really good at compared to AI. So, um, you know, if I were uh, a geeky person in a STEM job somewhere right now, I'd be trying to get into management as fast as I could. I'd be trying to do everything I could to uh, increase the uh, interpersonal connections I had and try to get into management because management is going to be something that is not going to go away right away because that involves so much context and intuition and empathy and interpersonal skills. Uh, so that that is a safer place to be. So the the, the kids that I'm uh, teaching, you know, in school you know, that are either undergrads or MBA students, uh, you know, they're, they're going to see this in the course of their work life. You know, we're talking about uh, the feeling economy being dominant within 15 years. And uh, so, you know, and it's already on the way, as I said, empirically, we can show that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, people have to be ready for that. They have to be ready. Uh, when when the feeling economy is hitting and that means moving your job into something that uh, involves uh, tasks that aren't going to be taken over by AI and typically that's the managerial stuff and the interpersonal stuff salespeople are fine too uh, because uh, chances are you know unless unless you're selling something on uh, Google online or something you know if, if you're doing b2b sales for example that's typically not going to be done by AI right you're, so my um my first sort of career was doing web design in that technical spot and i saw that trend happening of mm -hmm. okay that my specialized knowledge that i worked really hard to get is becoming commoditized and replaced with things that now anyone can kind of go in and, and do that um and and us it's just broadening it's getting in into other fields of expertise so i really think this is a, a compelling book and very timely so if, if people want to learn more about this book, more about you, where could they go and what could they do? Well, uh, the, uh, the easiest thing is to uh, type in either the, the Feeling Economy, which is the title of the book. Uh, it's available on Amazon. So if you go on Amazon, type in the Feeling Economy, you can clearly get the book. Uh, and if you want to know more about me or you want to find out more about my other work, uh, then you can uh, just go to Google and type in Roland Rust and I'll pop up. I'll be uh, most of the top uh, returns on that, I think. 
Excellent. Uh, there, there is an artist in Germany, though, or in Austria, <laughs> uh, but I'm not that guy. Yes, um, there is a, an African-American football player with my name as well, who got popular and, and started popping up in search results, but I'm not that guy either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, wonderful. And before we part, uh, you've provided some great insights already, but perhaps you could leave us with a token of wisdom, a piece of advice that you've learned on your journey that might help others who are on their journey, a uh, piece of wisdom. Let me just give a story that's uh, sort of uh, how I applied this in my real life. You know, uh, I'm a professor and I teach class. And uh, so one of the things that I realized was I need to put my money where my mouth is on this. And so in the class, I have them working together in groups all the time. And I even take class time out and have them meet in the group in class. And, uh, and I have them write together. I have them present together. And, and I always set up the groups in a random way so that they're thrown together with people that they might not normally run into because that's what the business world is like. I love it. I, I think it's, it, it's to know something is coming is one, but to, to act and take a new action is another. So I suggest pick, a, pick up a copy of The Feeling Economy understand what's coming down the pipeline and how you may be able to adapt what you're doing now so that you have sustainability and provide more value to the future that holds us all, <laughs> that it beholds us all. <laughs> so um, thank you so much, Roland, for sharing your insights, sharing your book, and for doing what you do. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks, Kenny. It's my pleasure. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.